number one We'll hold the line We won't step back We'll just attack time after time We're lightning fast We'll drive like rain We won't be beat We won't retreat Ice in our veins We are the storm from Melbourne Town will blow the others off the ground We are the storm And we're number one We are the Storm and we're number one. Welcome to Stormcast, the official Melbourne Storm podcast, episode 16. As always, a quick shout out to those of you who are supporting the podcast by downloading and subscribing to Stormcast with Gobs, the one and only Melbourne Storm podcast. Stormcast is your one-stop shop for discussing all things Melbourne Storm. Stormcast with Gobs is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify and as always, I'm your host, Gobs. I'll be bringing you the latest news, views and storm content over the 2023 season. Now, a bit of a hiatus. Uh, obviously, we had the buy, and um, uh, we've had origin in between that as well. So uh, I am back uh, previewing, uh, well, reviewing round 13, previewing round 14 against the Cowboys and covering off on all that's making news this week. So without any further ado, let's get on with the podcast, shall we? We are the storm from Melbourne Town will blow the others off the ground. We are the storm and we're number one. Storm undoubtedly put their best half of football together in the first 40 minutes against the Dolphins at Suncorp Stadium a fortnight ago in round 13. It was probably the most connected that the spine looked, uh, especially with Hughes and Munster combining so well, leading to a well-orchestrated try for the Storm 5-8. Coming off a lovely deft kick from Hughes, the second half was a different story, with the Storm not posting a point, albeit being denied a try by the bunker on closer inspection, picking up an Xavier Coates knock-on, uh, a simultaneous touch with Trent Liero, but unfortunately Coates um, knocking the ball on. Melbourne took um, their foot off the pedal, it seemed, after that, uh, but were always in control. They never looked, never ever really looked like losing and defended their lead well. Um, although I'm sure the coaching staff would have preferred a much more ruthless attitude, uh, as us, the fans, would have as well. Um, keeping the foot on the throat, something previous Storm teams have been renowned for. But all in all, a win against Bennett's Dolphins in their first ever clash between the two clubs, we'll take that. We'll take that every day of the week. Storm coming away with a 24-16 victory and bragging rights over former Storm players in the Bromwich Brothers and Felice Kafusi, who seemingly took off his head and put on a pumpkin, um, getting Simbin for a cheap shot on Christian Welsh in the second minute of play. The Red Mist got too much for Kafusi, and he crossed that line, unfortunately costing his team and what seemingly himself an origin jersey after being suspended for three games for unnecessary belting Welshie around the melon. Uncalled for. Thankfully, Storm players didn't take the bait, nor did they retaliate, deciding to use their smarts. Um, Coach Craig Bellamy was asked um, in the press conference post-game about what he thought of the win over the Dolphins. I think the first half, well, I know the second half probably be disappointing by your standards, but the first half was, was pretty sweet. Yeah, no, we were really happy with the way we played in the first half. Um, sort of, you know, I know, we say fortunate or whatever, you know, when Foose went to the, the bin, it sort of made it a bit easier when they got 12 to, you know, to set a platform, and I thought we set a really good platform there. We obviously struggled the second half. Um, you know, I thought the... 
you know, the whole game. You know, the Dolphins, you know, scrambled really well, to be quite honest. Um, yeah, but, um, yeah, like, I suppose the best part about the second half, we sort of hung in there and on a few occasions, but we, we just sort of, I don't know, we just lost lost our way for whatever reason, so we'll need to check that out and see what we think. But as, as you know, the Dolphins never never gave up, which is what we've seen all year with them, and um, you know, they uh, they did well, you know, to get back into the game. Happy to get the win, but he Belliate didn't seem too pleased, and um, again, I think that second half sort of performance, especially the way the first half panned out so well. Um, that would be the most disappointing thing as well. But he did pay credit and made mention to the fact that the Dolphins are a team that do not go away. They will keep coming. They they scrap for the entire 80 minutes, and they've proved that all season. Um, they've had some remark- remarkable wins. They've had some remarkable comebacks this year, um, and it was no surprise. I mean, that's that's the trait, the traits of a, of a of a Wayne Bennett coach team. He very similar to Beliak, he coaches effort, and as long as you're applying effort, then the performance will take care of itself, and that's why they're in they're in the top eight this at 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 the current time when many had predicted them to get the wooden spoon. So make no mistake, the Dolphins are not are not a an easy beat. They're not the weeping boys. The competition, they are a competitive, serious football team, and they are sitting where they are because of exactly that. They're, uh, they're a team that will just continue to go the entire 80. As long as they're competing for the top 80, well, they're always... Uh, as long as they're competing for the 80 minutes, I should say, then they're always going to put themselves in the contest to come away with a win. So um, all in all, um, again, we'll take the win. wasn't pretty, but sometimes... Sometimes... Victories aren't always uh, aren't always pleasant on the eye. Um, you can you can play really really well. The performance can be great, and you you actually end up on the other side of the scoreboard. And then, by the same token, on the other on the other um, end of the spectrum, you can play really really poorly, and actually come away with a win. So. Um, doesn't matter what the win looks like. Two points is two points, and that's that's one of the pleasing things that we managed to get from round thirteen. And it was a four point victory going into the bye as well, which now sees the storm um, virtually cemented in in the in the top eight um, and holding hands with another four or five teams um, in in what is a in a remarkable congested ladder where. Um, I think they've said that it is the closest competition since 1933. So that goes to show how tight this competition is. You can you can drop a game and find yourself out of the top eight. You can win a game and find yourself in, in, inside the top four. It is, it is remarkable. Uh, so the main thing is for the Storm is to keep winning. That's, that's virtually it. And I know every other team that's currently in the top eight, that's got to be their focus as well because what this competition is showing is that anyone can beat anyone on any given day. We've seen the resurgence of West Tigers in the past month. Um, the The Bulldogs are continuing to to plough away and improve. Um, and it, it's, yeah, it, it, is, it is just a, a remarkable, intriguing competition. It is an absolute tipping nightmare. Um, but it's again, it's 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 one of those things where the the power brokers of the NRL must be sitting back and thinking, how good is this? No other sport in the world has so much unpredictability, and that's what makes rugby league so great. So no, um, let's just put the the two points in the bank against the Dolphins. We've had the bye now, freshen up, and on our way to Townsville. So yeah. It'll be um, it'll be interesting stuff to to see how um, the boys do fare after coming off the bye because uh, up until the last time that the Storm had the bye, every team coming off the bye had won a game, and then the Storm had actually um, ruined that 
So that's one thing that I'm sure will be a talking point and focus uh, for the side this week is to ensure that um, they get off to a nice fast start um, and ensure that there's no sort of residual rust having the week off. So let's hope that is the case come Sunday. Team List Tuesday. Craig Bellamy has selected his squad for the trip to Townsville in round 14 with several new faces returning to the squad. The makeup of the Storm lineup will be determined later in the week, as we know, with both Cameron Munster and Harry Grant confirmed starters in Wednesday night's Origin. Um, Storm skip, skipper Christian Welsh was 19th man for Queensland, um, which means that he will uh, he did not play in the game and he will uh, he will line up for the Storm without any with any out any cloud or, or, or question marks around his availability. Tom Eisenhuth has also been named on an extended bench after being kept out in recent weeks due to injury, whilst Kane Bradley also features on the interchange bench after making his first-grade debut earlier this year uh, against the Bulldogs in Round 2. Marion Seve has been named in the 23-man squad for the first time this season as, as he's overcome injury as well and has been performing at a very, very high level in the Queensland Cup. Uh, let's have a look at the actual team list itself. So at fullback, we've got Nick Meany. On the wings, we've got Will Warbrick and Xavier Coates. In the centres, we have Remus Smith and Justin Ollum. In the halves, Cameron Munster and Jerome Hughes. In the forward pack, Nelson, Sofa, Solomona and Christian Welsh are up front with Harry Grant at hooker. Trent Leero and Elisa Katoa has been named despite picking up an AC joint injury in that win over the Dolphins. So interesting to see um, the initial reports were that he was going to miss a few weeks, but um, he's obviously recovered um, and has given himself a chance to play in this game against the Cowboys. I think having the bye obviously would have helped that as well. Um, so obviously he has been named. Um, he's a very strong chance of playing against the Cowboys this Sunday. Um, let's hope that is the case. Uh, Josh King is at lock. And on the interchange bench, Bronson Garlic in the 14, Aaron Penne in the 15, Dewey Kemakamitha in the 16, and Grant Anderson rounds out the interchange bench in the 17. On the extended reserves list, we have Tyron Wishart, Marion Seve, Tom Eisenhuth, Tarek Sims, and Kane Bradley. Now, I don't think that'll be the 17 that runs out against the Cowboys. Um, as long as Cameron Munster and Harry Grant back up, then I think the only sort of change that we potentially could see is Grant Anderson dropping out of the interchange, out of the 17, and potentially either seeing Tom Eisenhuth or Tarek Sims come into the 17. Still, there could be a question mark over Alicia Katoa's um, fitness as well. So if that is the case, more than likely Tom Eisenhuth would slot into the second row replacing Alicia Katoa. Um, and again, that potentially could open up an opportunity for Tarek Sims um, to come onto the interchange bench, um, which would see... A real strong uh, pack um, and rotation for the Melbourne Storm, um, who are coming up against a desperate North Queensland Cowboys team. So let's have a look at the Cowboys while we're at it. So Scott Drinkwater, former Melbourne Storm um, fullback, is at f- uh, is in the one jersey. Kyle Felt and making his Cowboys debut, former Raider. Semi Valame um, is on the other wing. Zach Laybutt, who made his debut against the Eels last week, and Peter Hiku are in the centres. Tom Dearden and Chad Townsend are in the halves. Jordan McLean, former Storm Premiership winning front rower, and Cohen Hess are up front. Uh, Reese Robson is at hooker. 
Luciano Leilua and Helam Luki are in the second row, and Jake Granville, surprisingly, is in the 13 jersey at lock. Um, that could be a potential Todd Payton smokescreen. I, I can't envisage that Granville will, will remain at lock, despite being named in the 13. Um, but we'll, we'll watch, the, watch this space. Uh, on the interchange bench, we've got Jack Juzeski, Jeremiah Nenai, who returns from a four-week suspension after being suspended against the Sharks for a hip-drop tackle on Brendan Hamian ULA. Uh, Jermaine Tenor-Brown, a Victorian uh, product, uh, Melbourne, Melbourne born and bred junior, uh, is on the bench with Griffin Neem. That rounds out their interchange. On their extended reserves... Now, there's a name there by the name of Jason Tamalolo in the number 20 jersey, along with Valentine Holmes in 22, Reuben Cotter in 23, and Murray Tualangi in 24. The three latter all featuring in the Origin game. So I'm assuming Holmes will back up, Cotter will back up, I don't think Tualangi will because he failed to finish the game, so there could be some question marks over his health and fitness. Um, but I anticipate that Tom Malolo will play, so we'll have to we'll have to keep an eye on um, on Saturday when they call uh, their team from twenty two uh, down to, or I should say twenty four because they've listed twenty four uh, down to. Uh, down to 19, and then obviously before kickoff to see if they do round out the 17. So that uh, that one that one to 17 for the Cowboys, um, very similar to the Storm. I don't think it will be the the 17 that actually does run out. So um, it'll be uh, again a watch and see uh, scenario in that regard. So let's have a look at the strengths of the Cowboys, shall we? So we know. The heroics of last season were, were there for all to see. Uh, they've got a lot of strike uh, when they do get it right. So Drinkwater is their X Factor. We know what he can do. Um, and the Storm know his game probably better than any other team in the competition um, with him obviously being in the, in the Melbourne Storm system for such a long period of time. So they know his strengths, his weaknesses, uh, the flair that he plays with. Um, I'm sure there'll be... A, a specific game plan to, to try and shut down Drinky's effectiveness and influence in the game. Um, one thing that, that I suppose has been a little bit of a bugbear for mine is is the the, the general play kicking game of the Storm. Um, there just doesn't seem to be a whole lot of purpose um, in, in terms of its execution. Now... Munster and Hughes aren't aren't noted big general play kickers as such. Hughesy and, and Munster's short kicking game, and even Harry Grant's short kicking game, um, is really really effective, especially in good ball. Um, and when they get into the opposition red zone, uh, looking for repeat sets to build pressure and setting up outside men, etc. But um, just the general play kicking. Very, very rarely do you see Storm split the fullback and the winger um, as a last tackle play option. It, it's it's always kick it in the air, and it, it nine times out of ten, it's usually always taken by the fullback or or, or the or the the pendulum, um, which is the the two wingers, um, and that's where I mean, if if your kicking game isn't going to be Finding finding the ground and finding the turf and splitting the fullback and the wingers, then you you have to ensure that your kick chase is strong. So that's one one area that the Storm really really have to pride themselves on, especially with Drinkwater at the back, because if you give him a scattered uh, defensive line, he'll make you pay. Um, so it's really about getting there in numbers, making sure that you can shut down his time with the ball, uh, especially on kick returns as well. So drink water is obviously a, a factor uh, for them, an X factor in terms of where he starts he starts their attack, kick starts their attack on the end of their shape. 
He's always threatening, always trying to create that extra man, always feeding um, the outside men, especially the um, the centre and the winger combines and links really, really well down those uh, down those tram lines on both edges. So he plays both sides of the ruck, and um, it, it again it, it'll be a real case of really trying to shut him down as much as possible. Tom Dearden, um, I've got a very big rap on, really, really good ball runner. Very quick off the mark, uh, has great acceleration, uh, loves loves the show and go, loves the dummy. Um, so Storm really can't afford to to allow him to run. They've got to make sure and shut down his time as much as possible. Same thing with Townsend, um, who primarily is is their game manager. Um, they need to really really try and shut down his kicking game. And in terms of you know, the impact in the engine room, well, Helam Lukey, Jeremiah Nenai, Griffin Neem, and then if they get Jason Tolomololo back, then, oof, gee whiz, um, that's it, it's quite a forward pack uh, that can that can roll downfield with ease. So the Storm boys are going to have to be up up for it in terms of trying to limit their go forward and, and, and try and dominate the ruck and get, get on the front foot. Hence, the, uh, they need to start hard and fast, especially coming off the bye. As I said, I'm, I'm always a little bit apprehensive coming off a break. Um, I always think, I've always thought, and I, I believe that the Storm are a, bit, a team that really, really enjoys momentum um, week to week as opposed to having that sort of break. I know a break can be welcomed because it gives you a bit of a freshen up, allows players to sort of get over a little niggles. Some other players might put some additional training into their legs um, and, and getting their, their conditioning up to speed. But I don't know, just having that break sometimes can sort of disrupt fluency. Um, hopefully I'm wrong. But again, it's it's one of those things where it's going to be a 4.05pm kickoff on a Sunday in Townsville. It'll be a dry track. It'll be a fast track. Um, and... The storm will have to be up for it, so they need to get off to a hard, hard and hard and fast start. Um, because if they don't, the Cowboys have the capacity to score points very, very quickly and and dominate field position through their their forward pack. So, yeah, it's we can't underestimate this Cowboys team whilst they're sitting in the bottom half of the of the um, of the of the uh, of the bottom eight. Uh, and they're having a very, very frustrating season, there still is a lot of quality in this team. And as I was making mention before, it's the competition's that close that you string two or three games together, then all of a sudden you're, you're putting yourself in, in a position to be in the top eight again. So, And uh, this could be a, this could be a, a, a season-defining um, game for, for the Cowboys um, because they, need, they, they are desperate. They need to win. So, and I'm sure that Greg Bellamy will be dr- drilling that into the storm, saying that you can you cannot take this team lightly. You cannot be complacent. So, and we know that Belly Ake teams, he doesn't uh, complacency isn't something that the storm are, are known for, um, and I can't see that now becoming an issue. So, especially going up there. Uh, on, on the on the away on the away trip, so yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be a fascinating contest. Um, and again, I I, I expect a hard fought a hard fought game. Um, I don't think, to be honest, I, I think this will be a lot closer than what many people are predicting. So I don't think. I mean, in terms of favoritism and what the markets are saying, etc. Yeah, I, I don't think there's going to be a lot in it one way or another. So, yeah, time will tell. But looking forward to, to seeing the boys uh, run out there, especially after having the bye last week. God, I can't stand buys. Let's hurry up and get an 18th team, can we? How boring was it last week without our storm? <laughs>
Yes, injury update. So, general manager of football, Frank Panisi, gave an injury update when he was interviewed this week on Dwayne's World on SEN. Uh, And let's hear what he had to say in regards to the latest on the injury front. For you, Frank, how's your overall squad? Yeah, generally pretty good. Yeah, we obviously Ryan, Ryan Pappenhausen is still a player that is still a, a little while away, so he's not hopefully not too far away from full training. And once he can start that full training, he'll he'll do four weeks of that, and hopefully get through that okay. And then he'll uh, he'll come back. He'll come through our seconds uh, and get some match fitness. So at some stage this season, we'll, we'll see Ryan back. Uh, we're getting a few other players back as well. Tom Eisenhut's a really important part of the team. He's he's had limited time this year through injury, so he'll be back on Sunday. So uh, with Origin, um, as I said, we, if we can get through the next few weeks, we'll be able to maybe have an opportunity to rest the place, um, uh, our Origin players in, in one particular game. But at the moment, it's so tight. There's, there's five teams leading the competition, and we're one of them. And uh, you can you suddenly, with one win, you can stay in, in the top four and, and be the top of the table. Or one loss, you could even be down the bottom of the top eight. So, you know, we just got to keep winning over the next month, uh, going into our next buy, which is uh, early July. There you go. A bit of an update on Ryan Pappenhausen. Um, so he's obviously we know that he's he's been back running now for a little bit, but um, he's still some time away. But um, for a four week period before he will be available for um, a return to play. So that is promising. And Frank Panisi did say that um, he would be coming back through seconds. So we had assumed that he'd be lining up for the Sunshine Coast Falcons, getting some match fitness and confidence uh, before he does return to play. As to a time frame in and around that, well, I was probably a little bit optimistic thinking that it would be around about this time that he would be making his comeback. So that would be uh, 14 weeks into the competition. Um, But it seems like it's going to be a little bit more longer. So I know uh, some insiders had spoken... um, well, Danny Widler, I should say, the uh, the nine rugby league uh, reporter, um, had spoken to Danny Widler, or Danny Widler had asked a question around Ryan Pappenhausen, and a Storm insider said that they were looking at July. So four weeks, that's the month of June. We potentially could see Pappy back playing in July. If that is the case, that will be almost 12 months uh, since sustaining that gruesome, gruesome um, fractured kneecap injury. So, uh, fingers crossed uh, that is the case. We want to see him back ASAP. Yeah. Pappy is the is that next gear for the Storm. He's, he's that X factor for us to go to the next level. So, um, fingers crossed that that is the case. Uh, we'll just have to play it by year and remain patient as we've done for the past 14 rounds. So what's another, what's another four or five weeks, huh? or six? Who knows? Uh, the good news is Tom Eisenhuth returns, as I made mention to um, in the Team List Tuesday. Uh, so, again, he potentially could force his way onto the bench this weekend at the expense of Grant Anderson or potentially could be could be replacing Elisa Katoa if he falls short um, through that AC joint injury that he sustained against the Dolphins. So, but apart from that, it seems that um, the Calvary's returned and everyone's back playing uh, in the Storm Feeder teams for Brisbane East Tigers and the Sunshine Coast Falcons. So, it's good news that uh, the, we've got the boys back um, and everyone's, I suppose, now in a position fighting for to try and squeeze in and, and crack that top 17, which uh, which is a good thing. So competition competition is always welcome because it keeps everyone accountable and um, that's always going to ensure that there's going to be everyone doing their job to maintain that they can remain a part of this top 17. So uh, fantastic, fantastic to hear that um, injuries are, um, are on a minimal. So I do note that... Um, I do note that Jack Howarth uh, has missed a bit of footy in the last couple of weeks, uh, recovering from a shoulder uh, dislocation. So avoided surgery, but hasn't played any football either. So 
But I did see uh, on the Storm socials that he is training with the full with the full squad and the full team. So uh, he mustn't be too far away. Uh, fingers crossed that young Jack, uh, who the Storm have invested a lot in, will be able to, to get back out in the field for the Falcons. And um, yeah, who knows? He he may or may not get a debut. Um, in the coming weeks over the origin period, time will tell. So Storm News. Uh, we had some re-signing news during the last week and a bit. So Bronson Garlic extends his stay at the Storm. So Melbourne Storm has locked in 2023 debutante Bronson Garlic to a New two-year deal that will see his time at the club extended until the end of the 2025 season. And very, very deserving. Having debuted in Storms Round 1 win over the Eels this year, 27-year-old Garlic has been named in the Storms lineup for every match this season. And that's something that I don't think many Storm fans thought was going to happen, let alone Garlic himself. Let's hear what, uh, what Bronson had to say. Bronson, first of all, congratulations. Uh, how's it feel? Yeah, really stoked, hey, uh, to be staying another two years. Uh, really, really excited and uh, really proud that obviously they've put the faith in me to, to stay another two years and, um, yeah, really excited to obviously finish this year off really off strong and then, uh, yeah, get, get stuck into the next two years down here. Been a big probably couple of months for you getting your first grade debut and now re-signing a, a new contract. How has, I guess, the first month or two of life as a first grader been? Yeah, it's been pretty um, pretty cool. It's gone pretty quick, to be fair. Um, we played 12 games now and the, the season's just flown by, but um, obviously the, the first game, um, getting the debut back up in Sydney, having my family there was um, pretty emotional. Um, obviously, being 27 and, and being a rookie, uh, those things don't happen every day. So to get that debut and something I've obviously been dreaming of and working towards my whole life pretty much um, for it to come true and in a Melbourne Storm jersey was just uh, was unbelievable so uh, I, I can't thank obviously Craig and, and the coaching staff and Frank enough for the faith they kind of put in me um, to, to give me that jersey and give me a start um, and obviously to be here now and played in every game this year so um, just count my lucky stars every time I pull on that jersey and hopefully go out there and do the best for the boys. Bronson Garlic is your typical Melbourne Storm, Craig Bellamy-type player. He's a workman, he's a tradesman, he's going to put his head where you wouldn't put your feet. Uh, cut from the same sort of cloth of your Dallas Johnsons, your Ryan Hinchcliffe's, your Dale Finucane's. He just goes up there, rolls his sleeves up and just gets through a ton of work. And that's, uh, that's, that's what Craig Bellamy loves. He loves those effort-type players. And Bronson Garlic has proven to be exactly that. Uh, they saw something in him when no one else did. Uh, he's played a, a whole heap of reserve grade games, uh, both in the New South Wales knock knock on effect cup as well as the the Queensland Host Plus Cup, um, and yet yeah, he's being rewarded with with such his work ethic, his determination, uh, and just his general grit. And again, he's he's deserved every every game that 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 comes his way. Um, and he's been a staple this season on, on, on the bench. Um, and again, it's it's a credit to him uh, for never giving up. And no, I'm, I'm very, very pleased for, for Bronson to to put pen to paper and remain at the Storm um, for, the, for another two seasons beyond 2023. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a great reward for, for Bronson. So well done, Bronson, and glad to, to have you at the Storm for another two seasons beyond 2023. And another re-signing during the week was Melbourne Storm's Will Warbrick, who has agreed to a contract extension of three years that will see the winger remain at the Storm until the end of the 2026 season. Will Warbrick has had a breakout season in 2023 after spending much of his first year at the Storm playing for the Sunshine Coast Falcons following his transition from Rugby Sevens, where he won a silver medal at the Tokyo Olympic Games. Let's hear what Will Warwick had to say about re-signing with the Storm. Congrats on another three years. How's it been? Thank you. It feels pretty good. I've been 
to be honest, I've been trying to not think about it at the start of the season about like contracts and stuff. But sort of now, I'm I'm pretty happy with the uh, decision I made, and even the opportunity to stay here for another three years. It's um, uh, it's a pretty cool feeling knowing that you know the, uh, the Storm are pretty keen to keep me around. So yeah. Yes, it's funny because it's, it's a whole Melbourne's a pretty different place for where I come from and where I was raised. So um, I don't know, it's a city that's sort of grown on me, and then just the club in general, like the people here. Um, I feel like I'm close with everyone, um, from like the players to the staff, and um, just the environment. It's a it's a pretty cool place to say come to work, and um, yeah, I don't know, it's just home. Just felt like the right word. Yeah, it's it's again, it's a great reward. Very similar to Bronson, um, a, a remarkable journey really for Will Warbrick. Um, identified and signed by the Storm uh, as a as a rugby sevens player, let alone not even a rugby union starting fifteen player. So that in itself was was remarkable because the two the sevens format compared to the fifteen format. Are vastly different games. Um, so for him to come to the Storm and he's only playing his second full season of rugby league, first in the NRL, remarkable. The, 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 the transition is so hard for players to make, especially if they, they haven't grown up and they haven't played the game. Uh, and for Warbrick to, to virtually have one season in reserve grade, where he virtually had to learn the game, had to learn the rules, had to learn defensive shape, uh, had to learn, again, the attacking sequences, um, and then to come into first grade, where he wouldn't have done a whole lot of reps at training um, on the right edge. It would have just been done over you know, a, a six- to eight-week period during the preseason. And for him to be able to debut in round one and continue to week on week on week on week, just build, 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 build on top of his game. You can see the confidence week in, week out. Like, he's still he's still very raw. He's still green. Um, and that's expected, considering he's only played 14 first-grade NRL games. Like, let's just, let's just let that sink in for a sec. What he is doing... What he is doing after only playing, you know, a baker's dozen first grade rugby league games is absolutely remarkable, and the the, the upside and the trajectory that Will Warbrick is on, it, it the sky is the limit, and there's an old saying that you're not a first grader until you've played fifty games. Well, and then you're not an accomplished first grader until you've played 100 games. This guy is already showing signs of maturity of, of being a being a 100-game player. Um, and that just goes to show the, the development that the Melbourne Storm system has on players. It is remarkable. Remarkable. Second full year of first grade, and he's doing things that seasoned professional wingers that have grown up with the game are doing. Um, and again, he's not perfect, but the upside is amazing. And just the, the continuous growth week in, week out, is, is, it's, it's so pleasing to see. He's, he's becoming a fan favourite. Um, and he's complimenting... He's complimenting Xavier Coates really well. That's something that Belzer has always been very big on. He he likes big, tall, athletic wingers. So you go through the Storm's history, your Sisawangas, your Suliasi Vunivalus, um, and now we've got two big, tall timbers in Xavier Coates and Will Warbrick, who... Uh, dynamic in the air, are big bodies, can start sets off because of their big frames um, really, really well, come in and take pressure of the forwards um, and get get Melbourne's 
set started very, very well in good field position. So, no, very, very, very happy for Will Warwick and, um, yeah, the best is yet to come for him as well. So, yeah, no, great to see. So they're the, they're the two great re-signings that we've had during the week and that's no, fantastic. So the the squad is, is looking very, very stable going into 2023, which is fantastic to see. Another piece of news which sort of came from left field was Melbourne Storm has announced that former player and assistant coach Jason Riles will be returning to the club at the beginning of the 2024 preseason. Riles left the Storm at the end of the 2020 season after winning the Premiership to take up a position as skills coach with the English Rugby Union team before moving into the role of an assistant coach role at the Sydney Roosters. General Manager of Football, Frank Panisi, spoke about Riles' return to the club. And you've added Jason Riles, so it's a pretty big uh, addition under Craig Bellamy. Yeah, look, he came as a bit of a surprise in terms of uh, he was obviously um, you know, linked to the St George head case job and and and, and had the job, but uh, had a change of heart at the end, decided to come back, and we got an opportunity to bring him back. It's, uh, he's going to be a great acquisition to our coaching staff again. He had five years here, with, uh, had a lot of success, and he had a lot to our, our, our football department, and uh, he'll do the same. His role will be slightly different. He'll, he'll, he will still be in a coaching role, but he'll be able seeing a number of other things as well hmm. um, and it's just in terms of his own development working again under Craig and, and a slightly different role I think it'll be really good for him and, and when that next coaching opportunity comes up I'm sure he'll be ready Interesting so with Rolls returning to Melbourne it won't be in the capacity as an assistant coach as such but will be focusing more around pathways and academy. So to suggest he's now the heir apparent to succeed Bellamy in 2025, I wouldn't be holding my breath if I was Jason Rolls because Bellamy is showing no signs of giving it away. He's showing no signs of slowing down. More so when the storm leaders are going and informing Belzer that he still has so much more to give this younger playing group and they don't want him to give it away. So Jason Riles must know this, where he would rather be a football department employee than pursue his ambition of becoming a head coach at the Dragons. I think that speaks volumes, that he would rather take a lesser... Less, less senior role at the Storm, knowing it potentially is a step backwards, than coach at St George Illawarra. So I think that says more about St George Illawarra than what it says about the Melbourne Storm. So either way, Rolsey has a lot of admiration, a lot of respect by everyone at Melbourne Storm. Um, firstly coming to the club in 2012 as a player. Unfortunately, missed the premiership through injury. Uh, did play in the World Club Challenge of 2013 um, and then obviously came back um, after retiring as an assistant and was involved in the 2016 grand final loss to the Sharks, the 2017 premiership win against the Cowboys and obviously the uh, the famous 2020 premiership win against the Panthers. So I know... He's done a lot, a lot of work with um, with the middles. I know um, he holds a very, very close relationship with Nelson Asofsalamona um, as a former front rower himself. Um, but, yeah, very interesting that he will be coming back and working specifically with Pathways and the uh, Melbourne Storm Academy, not not necessarily such as uh, as an assistant coach like he, he once was. But I think he must be content with that. He has to be content with that because at the end of the day, who who are you gonna who are you going to replace him with? Because Ryan Hinchcliffe and Todd Lowry are doing such a great job as 
the defensive coaches, who are both assistant coaches, they they look after the defence uh, along with Billy Ake because he coaches defence. Um, and then you've got Aaron Bellamy and Mark Brentnell, um, along with Billy Slater, who is a specialist coach, and they coach the attack. They do all the offensive work. They do all the game plans, the tactical nous, um, all the shape that Melbourne play with. So, mm, interesting. But, um, look, again, having someone of his ilk, calibre, knowledge, expertise, nous, uh, and experience that he's been able to pick up going to two different systems now, um, going to a different code, the learnings that he would have picked up uh, under Eddie Jones at the English Rugby Union um, and then obviously under Trent Robinson at the Roosters, he brings he brings that wealth of knowledge back to the storm now and, and that can only be a good thing as well. So regardless of whatever position he's in, he, he's going to be applying that sort of experience as well, which can only be benef- beneficial for Melbourne Storm. Melbourne Storm's pathway kids, juniors, players, uh, as well as passing on that knowledge to other people within the football department. So not uh not all doom and gloom whatsoever. I think it's a it's it is a it is a, a definite perk. Um but yeah if uh if Rollsy thinks that um he's going to succeed Bellamy, um I, I, I as I said I wouldn't I wouldn't be holding my breath because um I don't think well my personal belief is this time next year, I think we'll we'll be seeing Craig Bellamy continuing to coach on beyond twenty twenty four into twenty twenty five. So uh, patience needs to be um, executed by by Jason Rolls. Um, and then who? This is the other thing too. Who's to say his favourite? Who's to say his favourite? Um, you know the people that continue to get thrown up. Obviously, the one that everyone would love to see, and even I think the Storm Power Brokers as well would be Billy Slater. Again, he's going into his second Origin series at the moment, and he's again come away with another game one victory. He's won three out of four Origin games now, and he's showing and proving his worth as a coach. I know Storm would love to have him as a potential success- successor, um, and again. The longer he coaches in Origin, the potential that he may get the the feeling of wanting to test himself as a head coach. But who knows? Who knows what Billy's thinking at the moment? He's primarily focused is uh, Queensland and Queensland only, and that's uh, that's to be expected. Um, and the other ones too. Everyone's got a high regard of Mark Brentnell. Um, and he's not getting spoken about because he doesn't have the profile of, of what Billy Slater does and what Jason Rolls has. So um yeah, I, I don't think I don't think Rolls is a fait accompli to take over from Billy Ag should and when he decide to uh to hang up the clipboard. So um again he's he's come to the club come back to the club I should say to accept a lesser role. Uh, and he'd prefer a, a far more junior role at Melbourne Storm than taking on the head coach role at St. George Lawara Dragons. So, again, I made comment and I'll, I'll repeat it again. I think that speaks volumes and says more about the Dragons, what it does, it says about the Melbourne Storm. So, um, but welcome home, Rolsey. Glad to have another Melbourne Storm old boy back. Um, someone who loves the club has pulled on the jersey, uh, has been involved before and um, it's always good to see Melbourne Storm people back within the four walls of the organisation. So, well done then, yeah. We'll see you in 2024 when you when you start pre-season. And you've had it, Jason. And a special shout-out, too, to the Melbourne Storm's Jersey Flag team who have continued its hot run in the Jersey Flag New South Wales Rugby League competition, making it three wins on the trot 
after defeating the Parramatta Eels last weekend, 22-20 in round 13. Despite being forced into a number of changes due to injury, fresh faces stood tall on the road for the Storm, showing cool heads to snatch victory at the death. Storm will continue its run of away games, returning to Sydney again next week, or this weekend, I should say, to face South Sydney Rabbitohs at Redfern Oval. So good luck to our young Stormers who are really, really finding some form and, and building some consi- consistency as well. So it's good to see the uh, the Melbourne Storm Academy program is uh, is starting to really click and fire under the, uh, under the guidance of uh, Matt Duffy. So well done, young Stormers. Go well. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you very much, as always, for listening. Uh, Looking forward to a big game and performance against the Cowboys, who, as I may mention too, will be very, very desperate for a win um, to get their season back on track. So this is a a danger game for the Storm. Uh, If Storm pack their attitude... Uh, I'm anticipating a storm win. I expect it will be a real grinding affair, though. I don't think it'll be a blowout uh, with Melbourne coming away winners by, let's say, mm, a 10-point margin. I'll go with a 10-point margin. So a Melbourne storm 1-12 win, possibly by a 10-point margin. So that's what uh, that's what Gobbs is, uh, is predicting. Uh, let's hope that is the case and we do get the dub. So... Uh, but uh, until next week, um, enjoy your weekend of rugby league. And uh, yeah, go the Melbourne Storm uh, against the the Cowboys this week. Hey!